Hi, I'm Johnny Hamilton, and welcome to this episode of the Future Focus Fridays podcast series. In this episode, I'm talking with Darcy Hall, Chief Learning Officer at Providence. She shares her insights and stories of her vision of developing a continuous learning culture at Providence. Let's drop into our conversation and hear some of her insights into the future of learning at work. Darcy, we know that there's a lot of energy around wanting to develop a true learning culture at Providence. What do you mean by that? Can you share some of your insights? Yeah, absolutely. So what we mean by a true learning culture is an organization, core leaders and caregivers that all are supporting one another on every level in regards to your learning. So what does that mean? That means that our organization prioritizes learning uh, over activities that may seem just as important, but learning is important. Uh, We see core leaders who are interested in their caregivers' development, uh, working with them on their development, giving them space and time to develop, and also modeling development and encouraging development of their core leaders. And it or their caregivers, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's within the space that they're in right now. Um, we encourage people to grow in all different areas, whether it's in personal passions or professional passions. And then, lastly, the caregiver feeling like they can drive and captain their learning destiny, um, and so that they have access and the ability to go out and understand how to engage and use learning. Um, not only to grow themselves, but also to bring their best self to work. This sounds like quite a shift from before where you'd say, I have to take a class for a mandatory learning, and now to something new. Are there other companies that have trailblazed in this space? What are they doing? And what would it look like here as we start living into that? Yeah, so yeah, there are other organizations mainly outside of our industry, um, which I know isn't shocking. Um, We've held a very traditional viewpoint on education and learning. Um, And it's not just Providence, it's most healthcare systems. When I chat with other CLOs and other healthcare systems, we are all tackling the same um, idea of how do you move out of this, to your point, pushing content, mandatory, you have to take it, It's a learning event. We make a big deal. You go to a class, yada, 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 Mm -hmm. Um, moving us into being more proactive, uh, thinking about learning as it flows with the rhythm of the business, um, as it flows with your work. And one of the things I point out to people when they think about it that way is all the things you do during the day that uh, you're learning. Um, when you travel and go out of town and you want to get a cup of coffee at the local Starbucks, you go in and you, you don't think about it. You Google where the Starbucks is. It tells you and you go and you get your cup of coffee. That's the way we want to start to shape people thinking about learning is that learning. It doesn't necessarily have to be this event or this thing, but that it's there to help support you. So if you're a phlebotomist and you need to understand what's the tube sequence for a blood draw, um, depending upon what you, um, what the patient is um, being seen for, why not have the ability to ask Alexa? She could tell you what those are. 
Um, or you can go out to RISE and go into a micro module or micro learning very quickly, learn what you need to do, and then go on and perform that task. So it's really starting to think about learning differently than we do today, which has been very traditional. And companies that are doing this well, um, the Accentures, Deloitte's, professional services organizations, Google, uh, Facebook, those are the types of organizations that are really starting to think about it in a different way. That's really reimagining what learning is. Learning is not an event or a, or a course that's an hour long or a full day. With this shift, learning is so much more. It's a variety of experiences that help you not only learn or reskill or upskill, but to support your performance in the flow of your work so you can recall and refine what you've previously learned. Absolutely. I think it also, you know, one of the things we're looking at post-COVID is the more human side of taking care of our talent, um, our caregivers, um, our core leaders, and learning is one way that we can do that. Um, learning allows us to provide uh, support, to give you lift, um, to also give you access to different areas that you might be interested in. Uh, there's no limits. It's kind of like when you go to the library and you check out a book um, back in the olden days, um, or you go on your Kindle and you download a book. You, get, you go on an adventure. You learn something new. Um, you might learn about a new character, a new event if it's fiction. But at the end of the day, it's all of those learnings and experiences um, that we're really trying to cultivate here at Providence. So it doesn't, like I say, feel like today I have to go to this class or I have to take this or I'm going to this learning. It should be so in the flow and in our culture that people kind of are really unconscious about it um, because they just know that that's what they do as part of their job. You've used the phrase consumer grade learning experience. This is something that many people are unfamiliar with and it's something new to our organization. Can you share what you mean by this, and as well as exploring some of the challenges you see in implementing a consumer-grade learning experience? You know, I think part of it is the traditional, you know, people thinking differently about learning. Uh, for us to progress and move is for people to be open to thinking that you can learn through micro-learning. You can learn through um, an experience with somebody. And just because you didn't get a certificate on the wall or complete it, doesn't mean you didn't learn something. And so we've got to start moving people to thinking about learning differently. And when we talk about consumer grade learning, it's like anything else that we consume. Um, Amazon's been pushing hard, Google. Um, I still you know, tease my husband about we could be talking about maybe going to get a new barbecue. We need one for the summer. And all of a sudden, um, Amazon's sending me links to all these different varieties of uh, barbecues that I might be interested in. That's where we want to head with learning. We want it to be predictive. We want it to be personalized. We want it to be of high value so that you feel like you're getting your money's worth. And um, a lot of the content we have today, because it's been pushed out in a mandatory way, it's not contextual, so people don't understand how does this relate to me and my environment, it oftentimes falls short. And so I think we need to reinvest, reimagine, and recommit to 
driving a better experience for our caregivers. And, um, and that's something that in learning, um, I think we owe it to our, our workforce. We have a vision of where we need to go and have set expectations with a very high bar to be comparable to other consumer grade ex experiences, whether it's in entertainment or social or shopping. We want this level of experience in corporate education. We know where some of the challenges are, but where are some of the successes? I know you've been leading a team that has been driving forward in this area. Can you share some of the highlights and progress we've made? So I think our biggest success to date that's impacted the entire organization, as well as our providers um, and our non-employees has been uh, the transformation of compliance training. I think hands down, that's been so well received, which was an interesting thing because, uh, you know, Johnny, you worked on that program. You and I had been talking about it well before, years before we actually did anything. Uh, and it, at first, people are like, this is going to be terrible. We don't want to do it. It's not going to work. Uh, but yet we don't like health streaming. We don't like this big e-learning that we have to take. And, and I don't have time. And I already know the content. And why can't I test out? And so we had uh, this headwind of a traditional organization that had really, there, there was fear in change. They knew that they didn't like the way compliance training was, but they knew how to do it. And, and that felt warm. And so I think the biggest achievement was us getting in, reimagining re it uh, to what it is today with QStream. Uh, people can pilot how they want to do it, how quick they want to go through it. Uh, it's easy. It's aligned more to our work because they're doing it on the fly most of the time. And if they're not, they should be. Um, and if they're not and they can't, we would want to understand that. But uh, being able to do it very quickly was one of the things that uh, was a success. And now I've had some of our physicians who are some of our biggest critics say this is the best thing because they, they could test out of it, um, that they could really flex the knowledge they have, as many of us beyond even our physicians. Um, that had been around in the organization and already kind of knew all this information, but they just needed to be refreshed on it. So it was a huge win. The other piece is all the data that we never had before from e-learning. Um, when people took e-learning classes, we knew they completed it. Um, they signed an attestation, they took a little quiz, and we sent them on their merry way. Uh, with new technology like QStream, we're able to uh, provide our core leaders the ability to do focused coaching um, we're able to measure proficiency within the organization, which reduces risk. Uh, so there's a lot of cool things that went along with not only just creating an amazing experience. You've talked about increasing engagement with caregivers, and they love it. You've talked about analytics so that the managers can really see what's going on with their team. But what about the business? Keystream is another platform. Doesn't that cost extra money? What's the business impact of our new solution? Not only did we do, let me back up, not only was it a better experience, to your point, for our caregivers, but the value that we provided back to the organization and our caregivers was in productivity time. So the time it used to take to do e-learning in the past 
we were able to reduce that down significantly and save the organization roughly $14 million in productivity time. So that meant more time with our patients, more time focused on um, the work that we need to do in support of the mission. Uh, and so it was really a win-win from an ROI standpoint. It was an investment, but my take is learning is an investment. Learning is an investment in our people. Um, and so making sure that we can get a return is great. But the biggest return to me is an engaged workforce who loves learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's well worth the dollars. Speaking of ROI or return on investment, how do you make time for continuous learning? You've spoken to how platforms like Qstream can give back some time so we can get back to our work. What are some other ways we can carve out some time for continuous learning? You know, I I think the first thing is you make it a priority. Um, I think that you've got to make learning a priority. You'll always find time for what you want to do. Um, It is amazing. Um, And I I love learning. Um, I... I have always, I think that's why I was attracted to getting into learning. I didn't even know there was something called corporate learning when I graduated from college um, and uh, happened to stumble upon this amazing organization um, department um, and thought, wow, I want to do that. That's what I want to do for the rest of my life. And so um, it's for me to carve out time means one, making it a priority and two, be mindful of what I pick. I mean, there's so much out there that uh, I, I have books that I, I'm depressed that I haven't gotten to yet. And um, but a uh, couple hints. One, um, I love I, I Audible. I was against it for like ever in a day. <laughs> I'm like. That's not true reading if somebody's reading it to me, um, but I have succumbed to the audible amazingness. Uh, and so when I am not in meetings or in downtime, a lot of times I will uh, turn on a book and I increase the speed to 1.5 um, times. Okay, so I'm telling you, I'm telling you all my secrets now. Um, I will increase the speed to 1.5, so it reads a little bit faster, but um, if you all listen to Greg Till, he talks that fast, so I'm used to it. I'm joking. Um, but um, So I can listen faster, and I can get through books a little bit faster with Audible, which has been great because it's a bit depressing, like I said, when I see books that I can't get to. Um, and the other thing is honestly engaging with each other. I learned so much from my team um, and from uh, my peers, that that's learning too. And just staying curious, asking questions, and and understanding like where did they get that information? So, you know, a lot of times people will come up with something. I'm like, where did you learn that? Where did you see that? And that prompts me to them usually like, oh, that was in Harvard Business Review. Well, I'm going to go check that out. Uh, one thing I'd encourage people to do if you're having that dialogue is share it in rides. Um, share things, share, share, share. You have that ability that I think people take for granted um, or maybe don't even know about, honestly. Um, You can share with your team. You can share with your peers. You can share with people within the organization. Um, And that's another way to find time is if somebody tells me they read something really cool, I typically will find the time to want to read it myself. Thank you, Darcy, for your vision, 
insights and championing a shift in how we learn at work. I always learn something new in our conversations, and this time you kept up to that same standard. Absolutely, and thanks for taking the time. I hope you guys enjoyed it, and it was insightful and somewhat inspiring, maybe. (laughs) Join us next time for another insightful conversation on the Future Focus Fridays podcast.